0: There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that.
1: Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Angel Drums. Angel Drums is a custom shop out of Hungary that specializes in segment shell construction. They make snares and kits out of all kinds of timber. Uh, they also make their own hoops, the Angel Hoops. They make their own throw-offs. It's really high-quality custom shop stuff. They're offering for December 14th, 15th, and 16th a very special discounted rate. You can get a 13-inch, either 5.5 or 6.5-inch deep drum. Made out of maple, they're going to give you that for the price of three hundred and fifty dollars, rather than seven hundred and fifty, the normal price. Or you can get a five and a half by fourteen or a six and a half by fourteen made out of Borovian pine for just three fifty, which is normally a six hundred and fifty dollar drum. Or if you want to upgrade one of the snares you currently have, you can get an eight or a ten lug pair of Angel hoops for just ninety nine dollars, and those are normally two hundred and fifty dollars. So. To take advantage of this offer, again, that's just December 14th, 15th, and 16th, you should email chris, C-H-R-I-S, at angeldrums.com. Again, that's chris at angeldrums.com. Let them know that you're interested in ordering a special uh, discounted snare drum or angel hoops that you heard about on the Modern Drummer Podcast, and they'll hook you up. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Their handle is angeldrums. This episode is also brought to you by Dream Symbols. Dream Symbols is a Canadian company that specializes in really high-quality handcrafted B20 bronze symbols that are priced very reasonably. So if you're looking to get a jazzy-sounding set of symbols but don't want to spend a ton of cash, check out some Dream Symbols. Go down to your local dealer. If they don't carry them, ask them to get some in. Check out the Contact Bliss, Vintage Bliss. Those are my favorites. Also, the Energy series is really great, and there's a Dark Matter series, which is raw and unlathed. They also have some really cool effects, recycled crop circles and and accessories and bells and gongs, all kinds of stuff. Go to dreamsymbols.com. Check them out. All right, let's get to the show.
2: You got to be quick for that one, buddy. <laughs> Woo! That's an intro group. How about Welcome
1: that? to episode 171. Kyle Denny laying down some missing person style drive. He said, and he's um, that sounded great. I kind of want to let the whole song play. It'll just be going in the back. Keep it front. going. Keep it going. <laughs> Whoever's
2: producing this, do not fade out the music. <laughs> That'd be me, Mike Dawson. Mike Dawson.
1: <laughs> what is he using? He's got a uh, 20-inch uh, Premier Birch uh, bass drum. Nine, yeah, buddy. Nine by twelve, twelve by fourteen. Thomas Silver Silver Star Tom, so he have got a mix of brands and an SLP steel snare. That's all. Um, I don't know what the artist series uh, by Premier, but that's all kind of like mid price stuff, and it sounds awesome. So, yeah, I wonder how old that is because I remember
2: the Birch kit used to be, I think, the XPK because they had the APK and the XPK with the uh, small right. lugs. That was at the same time of the Janista and the. Uh, the one you had. The Signia. Signia. yeah. By the way, when I was at Salt City Drums, I went in the back, and they had a Signia there. No way. Was, was it like, Dark Walnut? Yes.
1: Uh, uh, was it a 22-inch bass drum?
2: I didn't look at all the sizes, because I was literally three minutes away from playing. But oh. I was like, oh, I've you a Dawson. You <laughs>
1: I've been on a hunt for a 22-inch bass drum, because I have the twenty. It is awesome, okay. but I I want the twenty two. Wow, so yeah. fun!
2: Well, Kyle, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for, for thanks for that groove. Thanks for letting us reminisce.
1: That sounded great. How you doing, Bud? I'm good. I've got uh, some fresh tea here. So update on my my coffee addiction. I am not drinking any more coffee after noon, and now I'm going to have about ten gallons of tea. Thanks to you for sending me some. Yeah. <laughs> some tea. Hey. That's that's what See friends what are for, to, to just
2: move your addiction from one place to the next. I wonder if
1: my dentist is gonna appreciate it. It's gonna go from black teeth to green teeth. Yeah.
2: Hey, that's the one thing that's great about green tea. Now, black tea will do the same thing as coffee, but green tea,
1: you're good to go. Oh yeah. No stains, yeah. you don't get like no. moss in your teeth over time. <laughs> oh, you don't get moss. Good God. No. Green tea is great. It's
2: like all the health benefits, it's everything, and If I was carrying one of those Starbucks cups or whoever has a cool coffee cup, I feel cool. You don't need to know that I've got tea in it, you know? (laughs) I mean, I kind of – I tuck the little baggies into the sleeve so you don't see it. But I feel like cool. I'm drinking coffee like all the adults. I'm rad.
1: What do you order when you go
2: to Starbucks? uh, So their green tea there is called Emperor's Cloud. That's their basic green tea. You You don't go off the board with green tea. You start throwing okay. in hibiscus and throwing <laughs> in lavender. I don't consider it green tea anymore. Here's the recipe for green tea. Take leaves, put in hot water. <laughs> Boom. Don't like let I them le- steep too long. That's what I learned no. that lesson. <laughs> so, so for everyone out there, I sent Mike one of my tea steeper contraptions that you guys have seen. And I also sent him a bag of loose leaf sencha. So sencha is kind of, okay, we're getting serious, but not too serious. But it is loose leaf. So you... Put in leaves into the hot water, and then you drain it. Well, if you let that steep too long, it gets a little bitter to the point that it's, like, really, really rough to get down. And so... Mr. Dawson found that out yesterday. Yeah, I mean the fact that there's no English on the
1: front of the package is pretty No, I got cool. you the real stuff,
2: bro. <laughs> I literally brought I broke like four international laws to get you that. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm high. I'm yeah, high on green yeah. tea at the moment. <laughs> you are set. Hey, so uh, well, we're dude, not, Let's not talk yeah.
1: about the show. Let's talk about Dave Weckl. You went to see him last night. I want to know can the guy still play the drums? Bro, it's so it's so funny how good
2: he is. Uh, <laughs> I was a child all over again, and it, and it's not be, like I'm really judgmental. I've seen my childhood heroes. I don't want to ma- name names, but I've seen a lot of drummers that I was a, that I was really into when I was younger. At this exact same spot, Yoshi's in in Oakland, California, and you just kind of go like, Ah, oh, I wish I I wish I had a driver's license when I was seven. Mm. I wish I could have seen him then, yeah. but um, not the case with with uh, Uncle Dave. So it was. Uh, as far as my feelings on him, it's tough because you're not seeing the Dave Weckel band. So you have to go in knowing that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm seeing the Mike Stern band featuring Dave Weckel. So do, I've always wondered they build that
1: way featuring Dave Weckl. Uh,
2: no, they like straight up over the PA said, everybody, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Please welcome Mike Stern and Dave Weckel. Oh. Featuring Tom Kennedy on bass. <laughs> no, it was hardcore. Like I even I was there with uh, Lou Montulli, and we kind of looked at each other. And we're like, "Damn, Dave got billing, okay?" <laughs> so, so yeah. So it was it was uh, featuring Tom Kennedy on bass, but it, you were there to see Mike Stern and Dave Weckl. All right. Uh, but I've always thought because you're watching, <clears throat> like, oh, let's say uh, I saw Dave with uh, is it Chuck Loeb? Does that sound right? Blues guitarist. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So I saw them together, and I'm thinking. I highly doubt Dave was like, hey, can we play track three off your slow blues jam album? (laughs) So the artist must be picking the tracks, and Dave has to play what's going on. And I'm wondering, with a relationship as close as he has with Mike Stern, because he's played with him forever, does Dave have any input? Because some of the tracks, I'm thinking, I wonder if Dave actually wants to play this song. Because you can kind of feel Mm -hmm. like, well, there was a fire in that last one, Mm -hmm. and now he's getting us through the track. Um, He was never mailing it in. Musically, musically, he always played what was there, but there was a fire in his eye on certain songs that wasn't there in all the songs. Hmm. Um, but what I will say is when that fire was there, full vintage Dave, man. Uh, actually, not even vintage Dave, modern Dave. There were things he was playing last night that I was like, I've never heard him do that. Nice. I've heard everything he's ever done. So Dave was on fire when he needed to be, but... Honestly, the unsung hero of that whole thing is Tom Kennedy. Right, That guy is the greatest (laughs) bass player alive. Like I call him the substitute teacher. He just looks like a substitute teacher. Like, hey, guys, I'm here to get you through History 101. And then he just, I mean, he kills so hard it's not even fair. I mean, I assume Dave didn't play too many downbeats. (laughs) No, no, no. And, you know, that's probably my favorite thing to watch is when they'll do – uh, you know, they'll do like backgrounds, Mike and Tom. And there was a sax player who I forget his name, not because I'm biased against sax players. I just don't remember his name. But anyways, uh, they'll do, you know, vamps. Uh, so th- every two bars they go, ba dun dun ba mm-hmm. 2 bars of solo. And I'm thinking, how the hell do they know where the time is? Dave Dave is a metric modulation god. I yeah. mean, he really can play with time hardcore. And I'm just sitting there in, I'm not watching Dave. I'm in Mike Stern's head going, like, okay, one, two, three, four. No, I'm lost. And then they go, and then Tom and, and Mike go, ba dun, dun, ba dun, every time. And I'm like, how do they know where they are? They got a click uh, in their ears. They might, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm just thinking, and I'm like looking at their legs, I'm looking at the back of their heels. I'm like, where is the time? Like, there's no way they're just sitting there motionless and then nailing this. But, you know, it, it's it's a really cool thing to watch. So I had a blast. Uh with that and uh I really and then I mean literally the second he hit the last downbeat, I was exit mm. right out the side door. I don't need to meet him, don't All need to run done. into him. yeah Done. Done. Uh I just I love that. I love you know, like they stamp your hand, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to see Dave Weckle. <laughs> like, oh so cool. I'm going to see Dave Weckle. So um, yeah, I had a great time. So the most important so, question is what was his yeah. kit? Uh, It was... So, Yoshi's has a house Yamaha kit. Okay. And he always plays it. And I'm... Sometimes when I'm there, I'm wondering, like, is that your house kit? Because Dave came in, like, 15 years ago and said, <laughs> you need... If you want me to come through, you're going to need a Yamaha Maple Custom in natural finish. So, it was a Yamaha Maple Custom. Okay. Uh, natural finish. He had... Uh, regular setup that you would expect. Extra floor tom on his left over by his hi-hat. Uh-huh. So where we would have a side snare, he had a floor tom. And then he had uh, a side snare as his second floor tom. So where you would put your second tom, that was a snare drum. Oh. Has he done that and before? Cr- I don't know. I'd never seen it. And he had it cranked like a Timbali. Weird.
1: So, okay, cool. Yeah,
2: so uh, two cowbells. And then, man, if... Anyone can sway me into splash cymbals, Brother Dave. I was close, man. I was like, Ooh. Somebody, Somebody wrote me on Instagram the other day and said, what do you have against splash cymbals? I was like, I have nothing. I've never held a rally. I've never written a letter. Like, I have nothing against splash cymbals. I just don't hear them in my head when I play. But... When I heard Dave, I was like, "Oh, that sounds good!" So yeah, yeah it was it was awesome. Had a great time.
1: All right, so um, a Mike Johnson signature uh, transition splash is in the Transition works. splash. <laughs> yeah, every time you hit it, it
2: transitions into a twenty one inch ride cymbal. <laughs> that's that's what's going down. I do have a cowbell coming out that we'll have to talk about at some yeah, point. So sweet. So you finally found one that's that's the right mix right the right mix of, of look sound feel and most importantly alloy so we'll have to talk about the whole cool. thing because i would say that cowbell was three years in the mix and i'm really excited you know that i have a prototype snare with Gretsch. it's not a signature snare i, I would not want it to be but i i asked them to build me something and you and carter heard it the day i got it mm-hmm. you were very nice to say Well, at least it sounds good low. Um, (laughs) And then then I swapped out those single flange tubes and got this sound. And I've been using it for like the last six months as my primary snare. Well, uh, I just got notification that the wood prototype that we made Mm. is on its way. So it should be here by the next podcast. So the wood prototype, what we did was we tried with the metal type to make it as wood as possible. And then with the wood prototype, we tried to make it as metal as possible. Uh, Okay. So we took a Brooklyn shell and then did double forty-five degree bearing edges on it yep. to give it the most modern sound possible. And then we did an extra deep snare bed with the forty uh, strand wires okay. to get it as sensitive as possible, like a metal sh- shell. Uh, and then and then they're sending me single flanged, double flanged, and uh, die cast hoops for it. All so. right. So what's the over under that they sound
1: identical? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> when I put six gels on them, 100%. There's, there's no one over and under. It just is. Like, hey, here's someone's the metal go, version,
1: crack. Here's the metal crack, version,
2: crack. crack. <laughs> oh, God. It's, the gear lust is just so silly. Okay, last thing on gear lust I'm, uh, I'm going to buy a snare drum. Wow. Why? Yeah. Because um, I, I want it, and I'm asking the builder to prove me wrong. Hmm. so uh I just texting him yes uh-huh. exactly i contacted jefferson from sugar percussion yep uh and i just i'm gonna tell him here's here's what i think about stave drums prove me wrong i'll pay for the drum i'm not asking for anything for free you oh, know open up your um, checkbook buddy <laughs> yeah, i know right well is he doing the i mean the if he wants to bro deal he... me tax that's fine which which <laughs> um, species uh, well, see, I don't know. I need. I, I'm. The, I don't know if you're like this because we haven't talked about it too much. But I can't just go sound. I need the visual too. I have to love the way something looks. Mm. And that that baby blue Porsche finish that he has on that poplar drum. Oh yeah, poplar. I I love it. So I I want that finish, but I want him to prove me wrong with give me a sensitive stave drum that. I just enjoy playing. Do it yeah. out of whatever you can. So honestly, I'm, I'm literally talking to him right as soon as we're done with this podcast. And if he says, look, I don't want to put that finish on anything other than that because that color signifies that species of drum, I fully would understand that. Mm-hmm. So, But either way, I, I think it's just important. He's, this is something I definitely want to talk about. I think we should discuss in a maybe right after Nam, but I think we need to discuss who's going to stick around, who will be here in 2021, 2022 huh. of these boutique companies. You want to put some I'm people starting... out
1: business? <laughs> <laughs> you will we start, start say... machine gunning everybody. No,
2: we won't say who won't be here. We'll just say who we know will be here. And no. I'm at the point where I feel like I could place my bet that Sugar will be here. I've seen them go from just literally a guy making drums out of his garage to... Uh, Oh my God, you're carried at Sweetwater. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing that I was like, whoa. And then, you know, now he's doing camps on how to build drums. Aren't you going to one of those? Trying to get out there. Yeah, trying to. Cool, man. Yeah. So anyway, so I kind of feel like, okay, I need to have one of those here on the snare wall for the campers before next year's camp starts so they can experience what he has to offer, because I don't think it's going away. Mm -mm. And not to mention, he's just a good dude that does things the right way. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's crazy enough to stick around. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of that. All right. So is that track still playing? Kyle, great no, job, buddy. I think
1: about 13 <laughs> minutes ago it ran out. So thanks for that intro beat, Kyle Denny. Uh, that's not a beat. That's a song. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we I gave enough rundown of his stuff. You have to rewind and listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, well, let's move forward. I'm ready. All right, so what are we going to jump right into? Applying flams to the kit. How about that? So in the January issue, Aaron Edgar wrote a piece that his approach to applying flams to the kit is probably... Quite different than what you and I would, would do, so I thought we would take a look at his options and then um, talk about some of our own ideas yeah um,
2: and, just and you know i don't I was I was watching what he was doing um, <coughs> and it's funny how somehow everything, even Aaron Edgar with symbol toppers that could literally put out your eye, it always <laughs> comes back to Tony Williams and Elvin Jones right. <laughs> Somehow, I'm like, dude, that's like loud Tony. That's Tony with a stacker. It is true. Yeah. It's so crazy. It all, and I used to never get that when people were like, oh, that's a Tony Williams thing. I'm like, no. No, I listened to, I listened to one song in my entire life. I know yeah. that Tony didn't do that. You know. And then the more I explored it, the more people kept saying, no, it's a Tony thing. It's an Elvin thing. It really, you know, we've been stealing that jazz vocabulary for so long. Yeah. But the thing is, that's great about that jazz vocabulary is that it's so endless in its
1: use. You can morph it in anything, and Aaron proves that here. I think the what I think what, what, the way he's approaching it, the way that I approach flams, is he flattened them out. So they're, exactly. they're unison. So the technique that he's trying to build on is having the snare drum just play constantly and then having the symbols kind of interject figures over top of it, which is really right. cool. That's not the way... When I think of a flam, I want to hear the flam. I want to hear the two notes. Uh, so it's right. two very different approaches to applying flam. So he's thinking more of a metal context where I need the snare just to keep cranking, and I want to be able to hit accents <laughs> with the guitars or whatever. Uh, and depending on the tempo, the flam would actually sound like you were
2: being sloppy. If you could flatten the yeah, flam, right. it's, it's flawless. And so... I think that that's something you would have to make a distinction in your mind about first is, are you using a flam to gain texture, which is what you and I do? It's like, I need to fatten out this note, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to hit two notes. But they're very close to each other, but it it creates this sonic thing. Or are you trying to hit two instruments at the same time? And and I, I think that's almost something that is like a drum discussion. Is hitting two instruments at the exact same time still a flam?
1: No, I would say I don't technically think it no. Is. But but if you're going to play, I think it's it's a transition from you're using the sticking of a Swiss Army triplet. Now you put it on right. two instruments. And now you just make it accurate. So I think they started as flams at some point in your practice right. time. And but then when you got them onto the kit, you realize, well, I need the the grace note needs to just land right with the primary note. Right. And I and I think that ah,
2: it might have been Todd Zuckerman... Uh, That did it in a clinic Or maybe it was even in one of his DVDs But I remember somebody was showing A Swiss triplet And then going from flat flam Until it became single strokes Mm. Um, You know opening up the flam So much that it wasn't a click anymore And you you were getting almost like This shuffle sound and then getting it all the way back To flam or to flat And you might think you do flat flams On a drum set Do it on a practice pad
1: Yeah you will be shocked at how hard it is to hit two sticks at the exact same time. Yeah, that's a very you know? distinct sound too. It's kind of unmistakable yeah. when when two sticks hit a drum at the same time. It's almost like they cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah. it's the same as a double bounce on a
2: trampoline when somebody buckles your knees. Right. You know, you are like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, but with Aaron, I mean, his the guy's just a freak man. Uh, and by the way, Aaron, if you are listening. That's a compliment. Please don't throw your cymbal toppers at my forehead. Um, Do you
1: want to drop in some audio from his video? No. It's just going to depress me. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, he kind of ups the ante by also playing singles on the bass drum underneath it's pretty intense can't say i've ever even considered doing that but you go for it man (laughs) you know it i actually a
2: lot of our not a lot but um there's a good amount of the exercises on the hand speed courses on mikeslessons.com that are actually somewhat similar to that it's the way that i treat it is flam taps if you just move your mind into flam taps are flam twos, then that opens your mind to, oh, then I could have flam threes, flam fours, flam five, six, seven, six, seven. And so so a lot of our exercises are two one or two bar phrases involving flam two three, flam two three, flam two, flam two, flam two, flam two, three four, flam two three, flam two three, flam two, flam two, flam two, flam two, three, four. Things like that. And I do use that quite a bit on the kit. So if I'm keeping like maybe a eighth note on my left foot and then I'm going. It's actually a really useful thing that I use quite a bit in soloing. Dig it. So yeah, man.
1: Uh, I think I'm high from the green tea. <laughs> oh, you're starting to feel it. It's a totally. It's right on, man. Right on. It's a very neat feeling. Oh, it's Like did I did I just smoke a
2: cigarette? What happened? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's there's a there's a calming. Relaxing feeling coupled with I could run through a brick wall. With a bit of nausea mixed in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's the whole point. It's an appetite suppressant as well. You're going to lose weight. Mike, I'm telling you, your whole life's about to change,
1: buddy. You will understand me so much better now. Oh, man, that's the key. That's the key, everyone. If you want to be Mike Johnston, don't eat anything and drink a lot of green tea. <laughs> and do CrossFit at 530 every morning. Let's go. I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs>
2: Oh, man, that's an even better benefit. <laughs> then you can eat whatever the hell you want.
1: Not promoting All right, that. so back to I the flam. I don't flames. actually do that. <laughs> All right, yeah. so what do you <laughs> – this is actually a, serious, uh, a question I wanted to talk about. Like for me, I almost always do the flam on the kit where the grace note is on a tom and the main note is on the snare. Almost always. Oh, like I think really? of it as okay. an accent on the snare, grace note is going to be on the tom or a cymbal mm. or something. So it's always a left-hand yeah. flam.
2: I, I would say that I agree. My, I didn't notice until I was coming off of tour and starting to teach again, I didn't notice that all of my drum set flams were left-hand flams. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I would ask myself, like, why is this? I'm a right-handed drummer. I play alternating flams fine. I play flam taps fine. Uh, I play Swiss triplets both ways equal. But I always play drum set flam's left hand and I realize, well, my left hand is the backbeat. So it mm. likes being the accent of note. It's very confident just coming down hard like that, especially on the snare, because it does it <laughs> minimum two times every bar. So yeah, so I I am with you. As far as spreading out though, you know, um, I would say I in my actual personal playing, a lot of my stuff is Tony Williams. Flam ride ghost, flam ride ghost, flam oh, right. ride ghost, flam ride ghost. And then, I have, if that's my three, then I have the five flam ride ghost, ride ghost, flam ride ghost, ride ghost. Blah, dun, 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 but where know. is the um, accent?
1: Is it on the snare, even if it's your right always hand? Always on the snare. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, I, you know, if, if you said, okay, then put your left hand on the rack tom and ghost on the snare drum, I wouldn't. Mm. Like, I need the crack of the snare. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that's what so, it is yeah. for me. I, it, it's like the sound of a loud floor tom with a soft snare drum in front of <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't doesn't really need totally heart.
2: agree. Now <laughs> I might I might flatten out the dynamics. So maybe they're just both loud. But um and so it's still okay. a flam because there the timing is there, but maybe the floor tom's loud as well. But for the most part, the ghost is on a tom or a cymbal and then the accent is on the snare. Um but I think when you hear Aaron do this it's it's instantly recognizable, like, oh, okay, I've heard that in a lot of modern metal stuff. Yeah. Now I know how it's happening. I also think you guys really, really need to go to moderndrummer.com and see him play this. Because when you see it, when you hear it, it sounds like his. it's all left hand. Going yeah. da, 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 da. It's not. He, that's why he's invoking the rudiments is so that he can alternate and give his hand a break while switching to, you know, if he's doing, say... Swiss triplets, or I'm sorry, uh, flam accents, then he can kind of go back and forth between the leads, and if he he switches those to groupings of fives, he can do the same thing. But when you see him play it, it actually makes a little bit more sense than just hearing it, because he's so flawless, it just seems like he's
1: not moving at all when you just listen to it. How about the name flam accents? Because this is something that Aaron doesn't call him that, and I'm kind of glad he did that. He calls them alternating flam triplets. I couldn't agree more. Because there is no accent in the sticking unless you add it to it. And it... I
2: mean, Swiss Army triplets, which I just call Swiss triplets. I, I just... I don't know. <laughs> I have to assume somebody was in Switzerland doing this and was not signed up for the Army. <laughs> so, Swiss triplets, I guess I just have gotten used to the fact that I know they're non-alternating. But flam accents... Honestly, they just to me they sound like what I was talking about, which was groupings and then you're hitting different accents or maybe you're accenting the flam naturally. Yeah. But they don't to me there's nothing that even tells me that they're triplets. Alternating flam triplets? Yeah. Right. Sounds
1: about right. Yeah, like flam a cue should be flam accent because there's an actual there accent. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm not high anymore. Okay, let's get back to business.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a quick. Yeah, you need about eight more sips before it'll hit you again silly oh <laughs> my oh goodness. goodness anyways uh, so yeah so I, I'm I'm totally down with that but I, I think that what he's showing there especially with flattening out the flams and what's cool is when you look at his notation there's no flams
1: yeah, yeah it's all unisons and I think um, right. so he's I think what he's doing is he's using the rudiments as the vocabulary but then you could apply this to any pattern this is where opening up syncopation or something and say just read the rhythms as flams, right. as flat flams on cymbals. Yep. Um, so it's kind of a transition from here's how to play a patty fla fla on the kit, and now just take that concept and read any rhythm you want. So it's kind of endless. I like that. He didn't go to that point. He just stopped at the flamadiddle, but uh, I think that would be the next step for me would be okay, now <laughs> let me just open up any reading text and see if I can read the rhythms as the f- the flat flams. Right. Okay, I have one last question <clears throat> before we move on.
2: Sure. You did more music theory than I did collegiately. Have you ever heard a flat flam referred to as a double stop? Yes. Because I know that term from stringed instruments, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, would that, would that be another good name? If, if somebody said, just do double stops there, would that be
1: flattening out your flam on a drum? I, I tend to go with unisons. Okay. Just, just makes more sense, yeah. Because it, it just—even if you don't know the music theory, unison. I think you can kind of deduct what it means. Um, flat right. flams unison double stop. I don't use unless I'm playing okay. marimba and I'm actually hitting two notes at the same time. Right. I would call those double stops. Right. Okay. Solve that. Solve <laughs> that. Know, tomato tomato rim shot rim click whatever you want to call it cross stick rim click what is it <laughs> man. Especially every time I
2: make a new YouTube video and, and call triplets one end, a two end, a three end, a four end, and somebody's like, why don't you say triple lit? I'm like, because I don't know where the hell the pull is. I, don't, I can't count on my bass player knowing to come in on the pull, the, the lit, the one T-ta. I, the, hey, Q, I need you to come in the ta. You know, the, other, like, one,
1: the other one that I think has become uh, more accepted, but I still have problem with it, is saying one triplet because it puts the trip on the middle note. But if you say triple lit, the trip is on the first note. That's why I've always
2: said one into two into just because it, it's just consistent with music theory and the other things. But it is weird that we there are little things where no one has made a definitive like quintuplets. How do you count them? It's like a hippopotamus. Like really, (laughs) really? You think that's what Beethoven was doing? (laughs) Hippopotamus? David Letterman his way through the thing? No, I
1: have never used words to learn subdivision. That doesn't work for me. No, no. I, I mean... <clears throat> I start thinking about visualizing like the object rather than playing the music.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd rather sing. I think, honestly, if you wanted to get into maybe even just more of a rhythmic thing, I think the Indian way is the way to go. Um, it gives you a uh, reference yeah. for different yeah. phrasing, and it expands your phrasing. You can start tying phrasing together. Well, we stayed on track with Aaron. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Flat Flams, everybody. <laughs>
1: That said, Aaron does use the Indian uh, syllables when he does odd groupings and stuff. Oh, does he? Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. All righty. Good stuff.
2: Check out Aaron's article in the new current issue of Modern Drummer.
1: So let's talk about the the cover artist on the January issue, R.J. Hale, who is in the band Hailstorm, which, uh, believe it or not, they've been a band for 20 years. You wouldn't believe well, that just by looking at him.
2: Well, no, because he's 23, <laughs> right? so that's weird. Um, poor guy is super, super against fitness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't take care Very, of himself. No, he does not. <laughs> saw some saw some shirtless videos on YouTube, and my wife's like, what are you watching? I was like, I, I don't know. Just a sexy man playing some drums. <laughs> Pull up a chair, sweetheart. <laughs> let's, watch, let's watch RJ together. Anyways, keep it classy, Dawson. Uh, all right, so R.J. Hale is in the band Hailstorm. <laughs> he sure is. And, you know, he's he's a, a good balance between throwback to, say, Tommy Lee. Yeah, uh, that's a good reference. Just rock and roll, but mm. throw forward to Eric and Proda,
1: Yeah. He's somewhere in between. Morgan Rose. As, I hear some Morgan Rose kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And you see it, too. I mm-hmm. mean, Morgan's a great... Um, Ah, was it Jamie? There's this guy named Jamie from the band Snot who had the same. Oh, yeah, Jamie type of... Miller. He's out with yeah. uh, Bad Religion now. Is he really? Yeah. That guy's great, man. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I would say Morgan Rose, Jamie Miller. And then clearly this dude was into the Hair Rock drummers because he's got that persona and he plays the drums. You know what he reminds me a lot of is just a slightly more modern version of Ray
1: Luzier. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, the, yeah, the, the kit is set up in a way that's very visual. Yeah. And he can he can do all the crazy stuff, but he's not
2: doing it to do it. He he. he it almost feels like he prefers to rock. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? I and I get that, that from Ray. I think, yeah, and I think it's a good parallel that despite, you know, even though he's got a lot of visual elements, the dude can really lay down some some powerful drumming. I think... I think there's always a, a fine line between do you let the antics kind of shake your drumming off course or do right. you play more reserved to make sure your drumming stays solid? And, and I think RJ has got the perfect balance where if you just listen to him, it's as rock solid as anybody. But then you watch him, like, how the heck is he playing like that while doing what he's doing with his arms and limbs? and Right. <laughs> well, and I think we've, especially drum-wise...
2: And maybe it's just the world that you and I are kind of stuck in with all the inundation of amazing drummers. But sometimes we forget how cool it is to be 19 and just rock. And you kind of need a a very solid groove to do that. It's hard to rock out to (laughs) 1116. It's like you're trying, but you can't find the one, so you keep falling down. Um, Yeah, you're always too cool for the room when you start planning weird time (laughs) signatures. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like RJ still has it. I also, I didn't know how big this band was. Yeah. I just like, I was like, oh, cool, they put out a new video... You
1: know, this year, let me check it out, 2.6 million views. <laughs> yeah, Damn. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we sound like two out-of-touch old men trying to discuss R.J. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I know. He's like, Tommy Lee, who's that? Yeah, check really? that out. I mean, come on, Do man. not
2: type that into Google, R.J. You'll find the wrong <laughs> stuff. But he was in a band called Motley Crue. Really good. <laughs> wow, this oh, one's just stayed on track. Gracious. How much tea have you
1: had today? Uh, I'm about a half gallon in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway rj is the cover artist in the current issue it's a great story he talks about the making of the record all that stuff um his kit i'm just fascinated by it's it's so bizarre but yet looks so fun to play he's got yeah he's got rocket toms like between the snare and the hi-hat and to the right of the floor tom he's got weird little bell things like way over to the side that I feel like this is, you know, for for a, a young drummer, this is kind of like what you would want. Your your celebrity. did you call that thing a rocket tom? That's what they call them. Yeah, Pearl. Uh, they call them rocket oh, toms.
2: Okay, the tube drums. I mean, right, but they were octavons back in the day, right? Well, that's a Tama. Oh, is product. that? okay? Yeah. I, I I honestly so okay. Just like Roto I'm toms not... or Remo products. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought rototoms were just rototoms, octavons were
1: octavons. Okay. Yeah. It's just just so like we, just can't, we can never print the word um, Velcro in Modern Drummer Magazine because they will send oh. us a cease and desist letter every really? single time. That's why we have to say hook and loop fastener.
2: <laughs> Come on, Velcro. You've every made enough money. Time.
1: Calm the hell down. <laughs> That's a good-looking rocket, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) That is a good-looking rocket, Tom. All right, let's drop in some audio of RJ just ripping.
2: a beast, man. He's an absolute beast. And I think that one thing that you and I both look for is, do you have a personality away from your band? And then are you someone else in your band? And I feel like when he's in his band, he, especially when you're listening to recorded stuff from him, he's as responsible as any rock drummer that has no ability to do other stuff, or has no chops, or whatever you want to call it, other than rock chops. Then you see him play by himself, and he can go he can go to that drum clinic level. Yeah. I yeah. also watched him actually do a clinic uh, on YouTube and was really impressed with his speaking ability and the way he handled himself and the way he answered questions from the crowd. So, uh, you know, good vibe. And then there was a uh, – if you guys want to know more about his kit and his setup, there's a really good video on YouTube uh, with Nick DiVergilio uh, from Sweetwater. Oh, cool. And they're just uh, – I think Hailstorm came through – Indiana so Nick went out there and just went through the whole kit with him really cool stuff um, but it's kind of you know if you think about this with RJ on Pearl and now you've got Matt Halpern on Pearl like they're yeah you know, have got getting that rock roster going and that's free Luzier too right I mm. I believe you <laughs> 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 I haven't checked out. I was in mid-T, man. I was getting getting pumped back up. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got a good
1: rock roster for sure. But
2: yeah, his, his kids sound fantastic. Had, I
1: literally had to Google it. Yes, Ray Luzier plays Pearl drums. <laughs> yes, he does.
2: Ray's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> How would you guys not know this? Um, now, have you met RJ before?
1: No. No, I, I I can admit to be completely out of touch with this whole scene. Um I really didn't know what to expect. The band is is great though. It sounds like the stuff that that, that just kept on going from the late nineties and became a little bit more metal, but still modern rock. It's not too right. techy, it's not too simple. It's kinda of right in the middle ground. Yeah, absolutely.
2: No, I think it's awesome. Well definitely you guys check out RJ Hale, uh fantastic drummer, and like I said, you can you can watch him do clinics too and and he's able to really hold his own on that stage as well. So uh he's He's the cover artist.
1: That's right. I just realized that. Dang, congrats, man. (laughs) That's a a big deal. Yeah, well, they've been a band for 20 years. I guess we should be pretty cutting edge with this cover story. (laughs) Breaking news, new band, Hailstorm. Uh, awesome all All right so before we dive into the gear review section uh we need to talk about a special offer so we're going to be reviewing two angel drum snares here in a minute but um we only have three days so starting today which will be friday saturday and sunday they are offering a 13 inch drum um for gosh where is it Uh, dude it's it's crazy. You can get a th- five and a half by thirteen or six and a half by thirteen maple drum, which is a st- uh, segment shell drums, you know, it's a solid shell drum for three hundred and fifty dollars. Normally it is seven hundred and fifty dollars. Or you can get a six and a half by fourteen pine or a five and a half by fourteen pine for three hundred and fifty dollars, which is normally six hundred and fifty dollars. So to get this special deal you need to email uh, Chris at angel drums.com that Chris works at uh, Don Bennett drum studio and they are the exclusive dealer in the United States. So again, that's Chris at dot Let him know that you heard about this on the podcast and you will get the special pricing, um, which is essentially 50% off. And also you can get a pair of the angel hoops, which Mike and I both use and love for ninety nine dollars, which are normally two hundred and fifty dollars. So think okay, about okay. So yeah, to, no, the, to, I think we're going to say the same thing. The hoops are normally two hundred fifty dollars, yeah. <laughs> and now they're going
2: to throw in a drum for free. Then pretty yeah, much, you right? basically
1: get a free drum with a pair of Angel hoops. So it's amazing. Email Chris at Angel Drums. Don't uh, wait because it's literally ending on Sunday. If you wait until next week to listen to the podcast, big old poo on you. You missed your chance. Chris wow. at AngelDrums.com. Wow. I mean I mean maybe <laughs> if
2: you sweet talk him you might extend it a little bit. Who on you? That's <laughs> that's Green T Dawson coming at you. All right, so now <laughs> let's let's review these suckers. Please, because uh for three hundred and fifty, I, I you know luckily we record this on a Thursday, so <laughs> Jefferson's like, no, no, I'm going to make you a sugar drum. I'm like, no, I
1: had to buy this. It's $350. bucks. right. So talk to me about these things. Okay. So Angel Drums is a Hungarian company, uh, all handmade. They, do, they, they specialize in segment shell drums. So not, not stave, not steam bent. These are actually blocks of wood that are shaped into a drum shell. And, and so it's uh, supposedly, from all reports, it's the strongest type of drum shell. Okay. It, won't, uh, it won't crack, it won't shrink, it won't expand. Um, so segment shell drum, they, do, they make them out of all kinds of different types of wood. The drums we are checking out are the uh, pine and the maple. So which one do you want to hear first? Uh, I'm staring at the maple, so I need to hear that. So this is a 13. It's a five and a half by 13. I'll show you so you can see it. No one else can see it. Hang on. You have it? Right here. Oh. So this is a, what kind of wow. maple is it? It's, it's not it's not your typical maple. It is, um, goodness, mineral maple. Five and a half by 13 mineral maple. So it has some cool, like, knots. There's, like, knotting in it. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So let's check it out. This is, we're going to go um, across the entire tuning range, starting, like, really high.
2: That drum, one. It makes sense that normally it's seven to eight hundred dollars, depending on the depth, because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like. But I think it really, really excels in the extremes. I loved the high; mm-hmm. like that would be if I had that drum. And actually, uh, that's kind of where I have the one thirteen that I own. That's where I have it at tuning mm-hmm. wise, and it just stays there. And I would either leave it there or the low. Now the mid sounded great. It would just need one piece of gel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, but, that's a testament to the thick shell. I mean, it's a, it's a probably, I don't know, maybe it's a half inch thick. I mean, it's a pretty thick shell. So, yeah, that would lend itself to be a little bit brighter sounding. But I
2: feel like that high, what I'd be looking for out of this drum is, why do I own it? It has to do something my other drums don't do. And I don't think that I have a drum that could do the high as well as that drum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a so density. There. There's a density yeah. to the tone that that I like when it's tuned really high. I think it's kind yeah. of Steve Jordan vibe. Exactly. Yeah, it's a
2: great call. Uh, it has a fantastic sound. Now, do you know our angel hoops? made out of different materials. Like, are those steel angel hoops? Or are they always brass? These, you know?
1: these, I believe, um, are stainless steel, but they sent a note saying brass hoops are going to be coming within weeks. So they will have wow. these in brass soon. Very um, cool. And they also have brass, stainless steel, iron, aluminum, and copper kits coming next year. What? Yeah. So they're, they're going for it. So that yes. is the maple drum. Let's check out uh, the... Barovian. Barovian pine. Barovian pine. don't know if I've ever played a pine drum before. Yeah, the only one I've played... Well, two. Um, outlaw Drums kind of okay. uses a lot of reclaimed timber and a lot of it's pine. And then there was another company, Famous Drums. They were doing hmm. pine drums. I don't know if they're still available. But, yeah, this is... Um, again, the drums... These two drums sound surprisingly similar to me in, in the timbre, like the density of the tone. Even though one is maple and one is pine... They felt consistent to me. Okay, now, I'm
2: looking at this thing online. I've never seen, I don't know, maybe, yeah. It's like a black finish over the the pine. But, yeah, that's a good-looking drum, man. (laughs) The (laughs) one they have on their website it's like showing all the detail of the pine. Holy mackerel! It's beautiful. It is pretty, um, you know. And I could so smell yeah. it when I opened up the box. It like it smelled like I was at a lumberyard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I love that. I mean, and that one's $3.50 too. Yeah, the yeah the six wow. and a half. Well, for the next couple days. So again, if you're if you're right, listening right, right, between right, right. now and the sixteenth of December, uh, otherwise they're still really affordable. It's a six hundred and fifty dollar drum if you just buy it outright. Mm. For a handmade custom drum with a, with a segment shell so there's no cheap filler plies or anything in there, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know
2: what I also like is if for any reason you happen to miss out on this deal, uh, I like how customized their site is. You can choose the size, obviously. That's the norm. You can choose the finish. There's, they just have two finish options for this drum because it's one of their more affordable drums. But the fact that you can add on a clear coat, like mm. if you don't want the matte finish, it's 100 bucks to add on clear. And you can also get a custom leather case to go with it. Um, oh, I cool. think those are cool little finishes where it's like, hey, we're making your drum anyways. We have to hand make it. If you want to have a little more input, you're more than welcome to.
1: So I think that's really cool. And the other details to call out is they make their own lugs, their own hoops, and the throw off is their own as well. It's uh, what is it? Fantastic.
2: Well, uh, I think now as far as the pine, did you hear like an area where you're like, wow, I've just never, I've never known what this wood does, but now that I know what it does, I could see a use for this in this situation. Or did you have a
1: favorite tuning? The pine I kind of liked in the mid, maybe upper mid. Just okay. it has a little bit of a pitch bend to it, but what I mm-hmm. noticed was it, maybe it's the pine, maybe it's just the way the drum is made. It doesn't sing out forever, like most okay. drums. When I put them in that spot, I feel like it. There, there's never a stop to the resonance; it just keeps going and going and going. This one I felt like it, it hit, and it just the decay came just before the next backbeat, which I liked. Got it. Uh, but either one it. of these were cool. The 13 I think would be more for for if you want that Steve Jordan vibe. The fourteen, yeah. I felt I could probably do most gigs with it. I mean, really, though, to get
2: custom hoops, custom lugs, custom throw, and a handmade drum that's segmented for 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 their regular price, not for their discounted price. Yeah, that's just amazing. I only have one critique. What's that? And they have to change their profile image on Instagram. When they, it's a hot chick oh. <laughs> and when they like my posts and I'm scrolling through my feed and my wife sees it, she's like, who's that B word? You know? And I'm like, no, that's not, a, that's not even a girl. That's angel drums. It's like, well, why does she like all your stuff? I'm like, that's not a
1: she. That's just their picture. So they got to change it to a snare drum or something. Y'all get me in trouble. All right. So everyone go to Angel Drums on Instagram and comment, love your drums. Can you please change your profile? Mike's having issues at home. (laughs) Good stuff. So, yeah, Yeah. check
2: out angeldrums.com. Also, um, if you want to see this a little bit more, obviously – Um, you can check it out Don Bennett's drum studio but just go to store once you're on angeldrums.com go to store and scroll down to European snares and that's where you'll find the maple snare Uh, and it has a big sale tag on it Um, or you can go to where it says cherub snares and that's where you'll be able to see the pine snare so very cool stuff dig it Um, so again, this is
1: a bad site for me to be on you have to email chris at angeldrums.com if you want to order one at that discount price nice moving on we're at some question time Yes, sir. All right. What is our first one? That's not a question. That is passwords. I should not give out Modern Drummer's passwords on the air. (laughs) Uh, What is the groove used before uh, Biafra? And how did you Mm. come up with it? This is Mike from Long Island. Hi,
2: Mike. So um, it's funny. It's actually one little chunk of the intro to my 2013 PASIC solo okay so when i played the 2013 PASIC solo i had this idea of i'm going to play a groove so uh ga, uh uh just kick and cross stick mm-hmm. but i'm going to do it in 7/8 then i'm going to shorten it to 5/8 then i'm going to shorten it to 3/8 okay. so it was, uh ba uh, uh 1 2 3 4 five, 1 2 3 1 two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I just kept that seven part. All I'm doing is going, um, boom, bah, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. What you're hearing that's messing you up is the fact that my left foot starts on the ands or starts on the two one, uh, one, or it starts on three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, uh. six, seven, one, two, three, four. So it has that Vinnie Caliuta thing happening. So mm-hmm. I'm keeping a quarter note pulse going on. Um, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, it's five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, yeah. Okay. So it's on, it starts just as upbeats, but then go flips to the downbeats. So I'm doing that while just playing one, um, and then the cross stick is on Three and seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. So that's all it is. I just do that. And Dean, my guitarist, just literally is, sh- I- you can see him shouting in his head, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, one, two. So he knows where to come in. And uh, that's it. So I appreciate
1: you asking. Oh, man, that's great. I remember uh, when I was an African drum ensemble, one of the bell patterns was ba dum bum ba dum bum 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 And whenever I would play the bell. I would straighten it out so it was just a bunch of fives. Boom, bum, 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 bum. And, mo- and like half of the ensemble would be like totally into it, and the other half would look back at me like, what the hell? Where's one? <laughs> oh, you weren't doing it accidentally. You were doing it on purpose. No, because it was kind of the way it was phrased by different yeah. groups. And so I, the more comfortable I got, it just kind of became, dun, 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 dun. That's awesome. But there would be a, one of the sporting drum guys would be like, where's one, dude? Give me a one. <laughs> Uh, let me run over to the kit and hit a crash symbol for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All next right, one next. is from Simon. Simon from Denmark he says, I'm really curious what your thoughts are on deciding which bass drum sample to use. So he's referencing the fact that I've talked about using a trigger on club gigs for my bass drum rather than worrying with a, a microphone. Hmm. He says, I sometimes use an 18 inch uh, kick. Um,. Yeah, so it's yeah, the whole problem of having a, a bass drum mic in front of the drum with a small drum. It just covers up all the artwork and all that. So what do I do? I have the TM2 Roland trigger module. That's kind of my club trigger setup, and I use the acoustic kick sample that came with it.
2: Okay. I love that. It literally sounds like a just, bass drum. It's like
1: I don't want to tell you. Uh,
2: what's the name of it? Uh, acoustic kick? <laughs> now I know which one. No, acoustic kick. There's only one in there.
1: <laughs> that's it. So that's Uh, like my just plug it in and it sounds good. Um, Other times, the other projects that I when I'm triggering bass drum, it's actually the samples from the record and I change it for the songs. So I just created my own samples loaded in that way. It gives us even if we're playing a small club with a, you know, not a huge production, it just gives us a little bit of extra production value because the bass drum is changing. Uh, That's it. Have you had a
2: chance yet to uh, take out the EAD 10 live I know we've both used it like in our studios, but have you taken it out live yet? No, I haven't. I'm. I'm I wonder how that yeah. would work. Like if you were if you were forced to use it, I wonder what you would find in it that you wouldn't find
1: at home just messing around with it. I'm. Yeah, I want to try it. I'm kind of worried about the microphone being too sensitive and picking up guitar amps and stuff.
2: No, I'm just kind of wondering if you if you ended up just going like um, I wasn't going to trigger my kick, but I'm only going to trigger my kick. Oh And yeah. I'm just gonna you know just using it as a trigger. And then maybe even as a monitor, like, to monitor yourself in a place where they're not going to mic you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's, there's probably a lot of uses for that thing that we haven't discovered yet and that it wasn't intended for. But it's yeah. so small, it, it wouldn't be bad to keep in your back.
1: that's cool. Very good stuff. Dig it. So that's number two. Our third question is from Jim. I was wondering if you could do a review on three-piece kits with a 16-inch bass drum. Usually the toms are 10 and 13. I do a lot of gigs, and I think that would be the perfect sizes for lugging around town. So a little bit of foreshadowing. I just reviewed that exact setup from Gretsch. It'll be in the March issue, but I can tell you right now that it is pretty awesome. It is the micro kit, Brooklyn series micro kit. Um it's not a budget kit. It's still, you know, professional right. price. That's
2: the thing that's a little bit different about the kit that people need to understand is when you see those tiny kits, they're and Gretsch has done it in the past. I can't. They had like the cafe kit or something or the mm. coffee shop kit, but it's generally very affordable drums. They're making
1: this out of Brooklyn shells. so yeah, these are it's very nice drums, and they're they're not light either. So it's not like a compact kit that you can grab and go. It's a. It's just a small. Top-notch drum set, same hardware as you would get on a regular booking kit. But that sounds awesome. The issue is, what kind of music are you playing? If you need a bass Mm -hmm. drum that has some punch and some thump, you're going to be you're going to be stretching to get a 16 to do that. If you're playing jazz, absolutely. I mean, when I was doing nothing but like small group jazz in grad school, I had a floor time conversion kit and I used it on every gig and it was perfect. Easy to Mm -hmm. log in, easy to didn't take up a lot of space. It was. I was using the Pearl um, Jungle kit conversion thing, mm-hmm. so I just took a floor tom and and used that. So, it depends on the style. I I wouldn't use a sixteen unless I was going to just trigger it. So just cut a hole in it, throw a throw yeah. a towel in it, and then trigger bigger sounding bass drums. Yeah. Um, so there's other options. That would that's the one that's most recent that I've seen with the sixteen inch bass drum. I remember the Yamaha. What was it the Al Foster the, and the Manu Cache and the, yeah, I had the, the, the money one. Or whatever um, uh, the money one, I
2: I went because I was a Yamaha ar- artist at the time, and I, I went all in and got wood hoops for it. And really, um, I tricked the damn thing out. Did yeah, you it was use great. it a lot? I, I d- Well, I did. It was actually it's funny. It was on tour with me for three or four years in our trailer and as soon as we would unload for the gig I would set it up in the trailer and I'd practice in the trailer Ah, okay. so I had a drum rug and everything and once the trailer was emptied I'd set up my little Yamaha kit and the the trailer in whatever parking lot we were in became my practice room sweet a little warm in the summer in Texas <laughs> just sitting in the parking lot of a, of a, of a club and the melting but I was like <laughs> I was drinking my tea. I'm like burning calories. I'm going to come out of here skinnier than I went in. It's great. All right, next. are we it. done?
1: Yeah, that's it. So, I, so to finish that one off, I would say, yeah, there's some options. Maybe that Gretsch kit is perfect for you if you need a a badass kit that's just small. But get a floor-time convergent kit if you have a 16-inch drum already. The Pearl one is great. I mean, there's there's a Gibraltar one that's great. Just... There's a done one. DW had that DW, cradle. Yeah, right. I mean, there's there's options, and it's the sound is the only thing different that I found with an actual 16 inch bass drum is it has claws and hoops, as opposed right. to a rim and and tension rod normal. Tr- yeah. But the sound you can get a 16 inch floor tom to sound like a bass drum. Right. Um, so yeah, that's it for listener questions. Time for um, oh, it's Dream. Time, yeah, Dream. So Dream is sponsoring the show. You know, since Dream has been our longest-standing sponsor, um, I think I want to open it up to say, if anyone has any Dream symbols, I would love to hear them. So send in your audio, mdinfo at com. We will promote your pages wherever, however you see fit. Um, Absolutely. Dream is one of my favorite options for... A bunch of different things. I think if you want some crazy special effects, I love their little stacker things that they make and their little recycled bells and their their jingle rings. Uh, but also, if you want to get into the world of dark, kind of jazzy cymbals, check out the Bliss and Contact series. That's absolutely. My top and there. as a minor artist, I have to say,
2: if I was just doing the gigging drummer thing in town and didn't have a cymbal endorsement, And I just couldn't afford some, you know, insane coropes or whatever, but I was doing just enough jazz gigs or gigs that required that sound. I mean, Dream is exactly where I'd go. I remember when we got them in at Skip's Music, I was kind of in and out of teaching there, and I was like, what is it? And no one told me they were even remotely budget or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. affordable. And I was like, oh, my God. I remember, it, it, to me, it felt like what symbol and gong is now at the time. Because I hadn't seen a lot of handmade stuff. Yeah, right. I'd only seen Zildjian, Peisty, and Sabian. We didn't even carry mine at the time. I remember we got in these dream symbols And then they told me the price. And I was like, what? I know. Crazy. I was like, okay. So, yeah, I, would, I definitely recommend dream and checking them out. They're awesome. So, yeah, send us some
1: audio of you and your dream symbols And we will feature it here on the podcast. And then the other thing, go to Dreams Symbols and Gongs on YouTube, and they put up a new weekend. Uh, they call it Weekend Woodshed, and this week they put up one that breaks down some Dave Buckle stuff. So the tie-in with what Michael was talking about in the beginning. All right, picks of the week. <laughs> picks of the week. So the crash um, after green tea is just as bad as the high.
2: <laughs> no, you're just tired from speaking to me for an hour. That's that's you could you can have anything. Uh, All right, so pick of the week. If you guys didn't see it on uh, my Instagram channel, I put up a picture of something. If you don't know, I've been searching for a metronome to replace the metronome that I've had forever. There Mm. was this metronome called Visual Metronome. It's been in every single YouTube video I've made since the iPad came out. (laughs) The problem is they stopped supporting it about three and a half years ago. (laughs) So I have a five-year-old iPad that I have to take with me everywhere because it's got my metronome on it. Oh, now, I know you think, like, dude, she's a freaking metronome. Eh, I'm... <laughs> it's not that easy for me. My metronome has to be visual on the screen when I'm teaching because I'm filming myself. Yeah. And if I'm playing something that's not quite easy to follow, I need you to visually see, oh, that's the two, that's the three, that's the four. I know where he's at. I also... So here's my three requir- requirements. One, you have to see the numbers. Really bold. Two, I need to have a pleasant sounding click. That's Mm -hmm. kind of important to me. And three, this is the most important one, UI. The user interface has to not be confusing. It has to be smooth. It has to be elegant. Mm -hmm. And it has to make me want to use the dang thing. So I found one yesterday. I I did a deep dive, and I said, okay, modern supported metronomes. (laughs) And I found one called Click Metronome. Uh, Unfortunately, I think it is only an iOS thing. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, but yeah and, it, and it's free and there's no ads on it You don't have to like upgrade to the dope version But it also has a set list function But it's just the interface that I just absolutely love It's very simple And you can have different display modes You can have, you know Everything is simple the way you would want it to be And I like the click sounds And that was the thing is I could find a lot of Two out of three, like oh I love the way it looks Oh mm. Oh it doesn't do landscape mode It only does portrait mode Well I keep my iPad in landscape mode And so there were all these things I kept missing, like, oh, they make it for the phone, but not for the iPad. So click metronome. That's my pick of the week. I'm just so excited that wasn't about cameras. (laughs) Oh, I stopped by a camera shop in Berkeley last night on my way to Yoshi's. (laughs) I can't wait to tell you what I
1: got. Uh, Man, Um, I had this morning. No, yesterday I did a. A video and I didn't realize that my face was just slightly out of focus I'm like man is it time to upgrade to a camera that can freaking focus on a face for God's sake yeah that has face detect (laughs) hell yeah it is I mean
2: I was like Um, sharpened
1: it to the point where I look like a cartoon I'm like what the heck man can we have
2: all of our listeners write into MD and be like I'm really having a hard time watching these videos (laughs) of the quality so the MD will buy you a high end camera that'd be awesome that's what I do with that's what I do at home I just tell everybody, I'm like, hey, can you just start writing that you can't stay subscribed until I get a better camera, and then Amber will let me buy whatever I want? Thank you. Much appreciated.
1: Oh, my eyes are just not crystal clear enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my skin tone. All right, what is your pick of the week, sir? Okay, so I, you know, after last week, I picked those, um, those interviews, those Jazz Masters interviews. Yeah. Um, one of them was with Paul Motion, who I've always wanted to. To Love is playing. I mean, I love the stuff we did with Bill Evans and the stuff from, like, the 80s on. Nothing really resonated with me. It was it was cool, but a little bit too watery, I think, would be the way to describe it. I found a record with Charlie Hayden and Jerry Allen. It's called—I don't know what the record—the the album is called Etudes. Um, but in the particular, there's a track called— uh, I want to get the name right. Blues Blue in Motion. Blues in Motion, where he's doing something with his left foot that I don't know I've heard anyone do before. He's playing quarter notes. It's a up-tempo jazz. He's playing quarter notes, but he's kind of ghosting the one and three and kind of accenting the two and the four. I've never heard anyone do that before. Mm. Man, so, do we get to listen to it? Yeah, let's drop in some.
2: That's, that's so funny because that thing is something that happened last night that I'd never seen Weckle do, but it wasn't that, but it was very similar. Um, and it was that Weckle played, it was kind of like a backbeat pop tune almost that Stern had chosen. So Weckle played eighth notes on the hi-hat and two and four was accented on the hi-hat as his backbeat. And then he was free to have conversations between kick and snare. But it was a very pop groove on the high. So the high was going... Oh, with his right hand? With his right hand, Ah. yeah. But it was something where I'm like, oh, backbeat's not snare. Backbeat is where you feel the backbeat. (laughs) Interesting. Um, But it was kind of weird because it was like a jazz phrasing between kick and snare. Mm -hmm. But he had a pop groove going on over the top of it. And this thing just kind of reminded me... Like just because you're playing something consistently doesn't mean you couldn't choose for one of them to be louder than the other. Or you couldn't yeah, think right. about
1: the dynamic structure of it as well. Yeah, I, I've never really practiced dynamics with my feet in this way to feel like yeah. I could. I could kind of keep a feathered hi hat. I mean, has anyone ever done that? <laughs> right. Feathered hi hat and then make the two and the four pop out. Yeah, cha 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 cha. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So the whole record is great. So if you if you feel like you need to get into some Paul Motion. I think this album is is my top choice. It's called Etudes. It came out in 1987. It's recorded beautifully. Charlie Hayden, Paul Motion, Jerry Allen. But the track in particular is Blues in Motion.
2: Or if you were me in high school, it'd be Paul Motain. Because that's what I called him. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I was like a huge Paul Motain fan. <laughs> until, until I get to college, and so I was like, you mean Paul Motion? I was like, yes, I do. Motain. Yeah,
1: I think I called Motian at one point I had no idea what to call that guy And now I just say it's Jeff
2: Shin Watts It's not Tane, it's Shin Motion, Shin Good stuff, now I hear a little groove creeping in But terrible dynamics The guy has horrible time Uh,
1: Good luck getting the gig bro. (laughs) This is Carter McLean. He he sent over a beat so we're going to end the show With one of Carter's beautifully relaxed beats.